This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Living by faith, nothing is impossible. 
we worship you this morning yes come meet with us this morning we need yes, your presence in this place god hallelujah just welcome me in this morning yes you're father come holy spirit come yes hallelujah we need you lord we need you lord not yet not yet thank you jesus we welcome you, Lord, to be close to you, Lord. We want to be close to you this morning, God. Let your presence fill this place. Touch every heart, every mind. Move through us, God, this morning, Lord. Hallelujah. In the arms of the Father, there is love like no other he who forms all things offers love to me where you lead we will follow through the dark through the narrow and in all we We are bound to you. I want to be close to you. I want to be close to you. There's nothing in this world that compares to all you are. We are bound in your presence seeking you in your fullness give us eyes to see that you are all we need I want to be close to you I want to be close there's nothing in this world that compares to all you are. I want to be close to you. I want to be close to you. There's nothing in this world that Come closer. 
soul part. Break it down, Brian. My soul right here, Brian. Mitch. My soul devotion My only focus to worship you My life surrender My heart abandoned for more of you Break it down. There's nothing in this world that compares to all you are. Of course. Get the people singing. I want to be close. Come on, sing it out to Jesus.
Yeah, come on, sing it. I want to be close. I want to be close. Okay, that's good. Now vamp. Me and Brian got it. Thank you, Jesus. Two. One, two. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nothing compares to you, Father. There's no comparison to anything that we can think of or imagine that comes close to you. You are our delight. We're surrendered to you, Father. We open up ourselves. We open up our hearts and say, have your way. Let your good pleasure, your good delight that you desire for us today, let it come forth. We call it forth, Father. We call it forth in us as a people, oh God. We call it forth in us as individuals. Father, we said manifest in your good pleasure. As you desire, let your anointing flow today. Let fresh rain, Lord, fall on hearts that are dry, Father. Not just in this house, throughout this campus, oh God, throughout this city, Father. Let fresh rain of your spirit, let the freshness of who you are, Father, awaken us to your goodness. Awaken us to your purpose. Awaken us, Lord God, to your pleasure, oh God. Awaken us to the hurls. The hearts that are hurting, oh God, those that are apart from you, those that are broken, oh God, let the freshness of your spirit fall, oh God. Awaken us, oh God, in our consciousness, not only in our spirit, but in our souls, oh God. In our think, Father, let us seek first, Lord, what's your design, your kingdom, your righteousness, oh God. And let your glory be revealed, changing lives, oh God, saving souls, healing bodies, oh God, restoring families, oh God, restoring marriages, oh God. Father, let the mighty power of your spirit Move forth, Father, throughout this state, throughout this nation, throughout the earth, oh God. Let it be noise abroad, Father, that you're here. You're amongst your people, fellowshipping with us, oh God. Rejoicing over us. We're singing and dancing because you delight in us. Let your good pleasure, oh God, fill the hearts of your children, of your people, oh God, of your house here and throughout the earth, oh God. We thank you for it, oh God. We thank you for loving us because that's who you are. And we declare today, Father, that we're children of love. We're sons and daughters of love. All right, tell them to come and get ready. They want to get to you. And we thank you for it, oh God. Me and Brian going to stop. For adopting us in love. In Jesus mighty name amen thank and amen you, Jesus. thank you thank you thank you thank you keep thank going you. hallelujah thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord oh thank you lord oh can you give him thanks 
let's just wait on the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Wonderful, wonderful Jesus. We bless you. We thank you. Oh, you are wonderful and awesome and mighty, oh God. Father, you desire to work, oh God, in ways, oh God, that only you can. You're the God of the miraculous. You're the God of all power. Oh, I thank you, Father, for the supernatural working of your spirit within our lives today, in our circumstances, in our families, in our finances, in our city. Oh, God, I thank you that you're at work, that you're at work. Father, I thank you. I thank you. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. Oh, right now, whatever you need from God, just make your request known in the presence of God. Make your request known with thanksgiving. Make your request known with thanksgiving. Father, we thank you that your ear is open to our prayers. We come to you in the name of Jesus. We come making our request boldly before the throne of grace. We thank you that you hear us. We thank you that we have the answer, oh God. Father, we thank you that you are the mighty God. And nothing is too hard for you. Nothing, nothing, nothing. That salvation of that loved one, it's not too hard for God. That breakthrough you need in your finances, it's not too hard for God. That healing you need in your body, it's not too hard for God. Nothing is beyond His scope, His power, His ability, His grace. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you hear our petition and you answer speedily in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Well, turn to somebody and say, I believe it's mine. And then you can be seated. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Welcome to Passion Church. Good morning. Brand new time. You made it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Good to see you. Glad you made it. There's a few that didn't, but they'll, they'll get here in time. They'll get here in time. It's good to see all of you. Welcome to Passion Church. I'm Pastor Norris, the lead pastor here. We're so glad that you're here this morning. You know, uh, we're beginning a brand new series about the wonderful name of Jesus. We're going to be, be sharing about that this morning. And, I'm going to be kicking off that series. You know, the Bible says that that name, the name of Jesus, is above every name. Hallelujah. Above Santa Claus. Above Washington, D.C. Especially above all that stuff. And we're going to remind ourselves and learn this month about the authority that's been given to us, delegated to us to use that name. And you know, we should be using that name, church, to change our lives and our situation in our city, in our nation, and in the world. Amen? Absolutely we should. So I want, I, we're, we're going to be kicking off that series. So uh, if you know people that need to hear that, I'm sure you do, be sure to invite them. But we're glad that you're here. Good to see Denise back there. Hey, hey Nisi. Welcome home, home away from home. Good to have you here. Ran into you at Costco the other day, didn't you? you with your mom out shopping. But we're glad that all of you are here. 
And in just a moment, our usher is going to pass out a little red and white card, a little information card. So it's got about three lines on it. It'll take you about a minute or two to fill it out. Just your name, maybe an email or a phone number, however you like to be contacted, and just put it in the offering bucket in just a few moments. And, you know, and, uh, Cindy and I like to reach out to you and just say thank you for being here. And also, we'd like a chance to catch up with you and meet you personally. If you have a few moments before the... Uh, at, at the end of the service today, we'll be uh, around here, around front. We'd love to meet you and greet you personally. But if not, we'll reach out to you through your contact information. And uh, perhaps if your season's not too busy, we'd like to catch up with you, maybe meet with you personally, buy you a cup of coffee, just to let you know a little bit about who we are and what we're all about. Of course, this morning, too, this is our, our tithing offering time where we give back to God. Amen. And let me, just, let me just say that, you know, make sure, if you didn't pick up one yet, on the information table out there, we have our quarterly PassionWorks Missions newsletter. It tells you all about the different uh, uh, missions works that you are helping to support by your giving every month. I was just leading, reading in here. I mean, I was looking here under uh, our, our friends Charlie and Kathy Milbrot. They, in October, they dedicated their 163rd church. Wow. Man, I, I'd give God some glory for that. I mean, 163 churches. Now, you know what? We've been involved with Charlie a long time, so a lot of those churches, you had a part in helping them to establish. He's expanding, uh, you know, his children's home and everything there. So they're going to go... To they're going to add 144 new children. And the, listen, this, the way they're doing it, they're changing a nation. See, we think if you come in and have a big crusade, get thousands saved, well, we're all for that. Don't misunderstand me. But I'm telling you what, they're changing those children. They're growing up, learning about God, being educated. They're going into the business world, to the government world. And I'm telling you what, he won't change a nation just for a week or a month of crusades, he's going to change the climate of that nation. And you know what? What works there works here too. We reach our young people, we reach our children with the gospel. That's how we're going to change our nation. Absolutely. So make sure you pick up one of these on the way out. They'll be out on the information table in the lobby because this is a part of what you're investing in this morning. As you give, you're supporting what we're, uh, Passion Church, of course, but also several ministries, not only uh, in Thailand, the Philippines, and India, but also right here at home, too, in your own communities, in your own neighborhood. We're feeding people and we're reaching people with the gospel. So I want to say thank you for that. You know, in Luke 6.38, it says this, doesn't it? It says, give, and it shall be given unto you, good measure. Shaking together. You're coming to the house. But now we, and we put that verse up as we're giving, but I want to back up just one verse from that. Because in the context of giving, Jesus said this just before that verse. He said, Forgive if anyone has anything against you. He said, Forgive it. He forgive them. In another place, he said, When you get ready to give your gift and you remember that there's anything between you and another brother he said before you give that gift 
He said, make sure that you let forgiveness flow. Because, you know, we talk about giving and it'll be given back to you. And I know doing this through the years, people said, well, Pastor, I've done that. And, you know, and I've seen some, but not a lot. But here's something where you might want to just check it out. Because, you know, 638 goes with 637. You can't take one and leave off the other. Jesus didn't speak in, in verses. He didn't say, okay, new verse. No, he was giving a teaching about life, wasn't he? He said, this is the way the kingdom works. This is the way life works. He said, <clears throat> it's all about giving. Not just about your money, but the biggest thing is giving forgiveness, giving grace, and giving mercy to others. So as you prepare to give this morning, we're going to take just a moment. And if there's anything that, that the Holy Spirit brings to you, just right now, it doesn't, it's, it doesn't take a big deal. It doesn't take, a, you know, it doesn't take 10 days of crying and, you know, and everything. Just right now, by faith, you can just say, Father, I forgive them. I release them. I let that go. And maybe after you do that, if there's something that you need to, to go personally to that person and get it straightened out after you've given forgiveness before God, I would encourage you to do that. I'm telling you, these are things that can really hinder our faith and can hinder our prayers and perhaps, according to Jesus, even hinder our return on our giving. So hold your offering if you're giving this morning. We're going to take just a moment here. Father, right now we take a moment as we prepare to give our gifts to honor you. Father, the greatest way we can honor you is to extend mercy and forgiveness to others as it has been extended to us. And so right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, we release anyone who has in any way that we have an offense against for anything. We release them. We forgive them. And now, Father, we worship you and honor you with our gifts now in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Usher. Play a little bit.
Great job. Wonderful job. Wow, they almost sing as good as I can. Great job. Thanks. Give my hand again for Ann and Tatiana and Sheila. We thank you guys for all your hard work. And uh, go ahead and put a plug in now on December 17th, right? Six o'clock. Right here, they're going to be doing a full production. This is just to give you a little taste. So uh, make sure you, you invite people, encourage people the 17th of December right here. Right now, uh, Sylvia. Sylvia and uh, who, uh, Tracy, both of you are coming yes. to make an announcement. Yes. Come on up here for a ladies' meeting tonight. So remember, he that is brief shall be heard again. Remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay, ladies, we getting ready to have some fun time tonight, um, starting at six. To, I mean, five o'clock to seven. Sorry. Um, it's going to be upstairs in room 204. We're going to call it Dirty Santa. So um, bring your gift. Your gift can be between $2 and $10. And wear your dirty sweater or dirty Santa sweater or your dirty Santa shirt. Okay, she is in party mode already. What we're going to do tonight is, starting at 5 o'clock, we're going to have Dirty Santa, which is actually PG. And we're going to wear the ugliest sweater or shirt because it is warm. I don't plan to wear a sweater because I'm hot now. So you don't have to wear And if you choose not to participate, we don't want anyone to feel like, you know, you're pressured to do so. This is just part of the fun that we're planning on tonight. There are going to be light snacks, water, a little apple cider, warm apple cider, which I said I don't like to be hot, but, you know, serve that because it's just the season. So we want you ladies to come out, invite some of your friends. Um, you know, five o'clock, we like to have fun. We get together and we want to send this season out, you know, on a good and positive note, because I know, you know, it's been a trying year for a lot of us here, but here at Passion Church, we know that God is in control and we know that fun is what he loves for us. And so we're going to rejoice and be glad in this day and in tonight. So ladies only, only men that can come are our security officers. And you, know yes. and you know who they are, and you all would need to be here at 4 o'clock. So anyone that wants to come to plan to help to set up, please do so if you like to. And, of course, y'all know me, to break down as well. You're welcome to stay to do that as well, okay? We don't discriminate when it comes to helping out. All right, we look forward to seeing y'all tonight. Thanks. Thank you. Hallelujah. Well, everybody get that? Wow. Sounds like it's going to be fun. So anyway, all you ladies. And you know, you can invite somebody. Maybe you know a neighbor or a co-worker or somebody. And uh, just invite them and bring them. Go by and pick them up and bring them. You know, uh, that'd be a good thing. All right, today we're starting off a brand new series. And welcome, Ben. Sorry, I didn't mean to overlook you earlier. <laughs> Glad to have you here too, brother. Um, but we're going to start a brand new series about the wonderful name of Jesus all this month. You know, of course, at Christmas season, we think about it in December, you know, and, and you know, there's the, the, the secular side and, you know, and what we think of as the spiritual side. And, of course, for us, what we are celebrating first and foremost is the gift of Jesus. 
is his birth, uh, born of a virgin, born of the Spirit of God, come to bring salvation and redemption to all of us. But I want to talk about that name, the name of Jesus, all this month. And we're going to, today we're going to talk about the power or the authority that's in that name. You know, in the early days of the church, if you read, especially as you read through the book of Acts, the early days of the church, you know, they took Jesus at His word. You know, that's still a good thing to do. You know, sometimes I think we get, you know, we, we talk about, you know, what's, what's the secret to this or the secret to growing the church or reaching the world or whatever it is. And sometimes, you know, we can, it can get real complicated before you even mean for it to. But I think we could really boil it down to this, just taking Jesus at His word. Passion Church, if we will take Jesus at His word and do what He said, then you know what? We will get what He promised. And it's just that simple. And when it comes to the name of Jesus, this is what the church in its inception began to do. If you read through the book of Acts, you will see it over and over again that the name of Jesus had a very, very exalted place in the everyday life of believers and in the gathering of God's people together. And that when they used the authority that was in that name, it changed cities, it changed lives, it changed nations. And that's not hyperbole, that's a fact. You can read it in the book of Acts. And so we're going to look at that name, and we're going to explore some things about the authority that's in that name uh, in our lesson today. So in Isaiah 9, I want to start off by reading uh, a verse here. It says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of His government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over His kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. So we see that along with the person the, the, of Jesus, also that name was given to him. And in that position, it says that the government is on his shoulders. And that means that the governing power of the kingdom of God rests in the person of Jesus. He's the head of the church. Amen. He's the head of the church. All authority is given to that name to govern in. And we'll see in just a moment that he has delegated part of that authority to us individually and collectively as the church. And we can take his name and that delegated authority and we can begin to exercise governmental rule in our lives, in our family, in our church in our cities, and even in our nation. And that's really what God's intended to do. The church is really the one who is in control. Now, we don't always act like we're in control. and We don't always exercise the authority that He's given us. But nevertheless, this is something I found out about God. Once God gives you something, I mean, that's it. He takes His hand off of it. Are you listening? He, he says, okay, this is yours. He takes his hand off of it. Now, you know, as a man sometimes, we say, okay, I'm giving this to you. This is your, but we still want to be in control. 
Because we're concerned that people are going to mess it up, people are going to blow it, people are going to misuse it or abuse it, and all of those things. But God's different. He lets go. When He gives something, He delegates something, He lets go of it. When He gives you a gift, He lets go of it. And He says, okay, now it's up to you to do something with that gift. Whether you develop it, whether you use it, or whether you don't. God won't come back and say, okay, I'm taking that gift back. He gives it to you and that's it. He lets it. Now, in Jesus' authority as governing, there's, there's two words that are used in scriptures that's translated, usually translated. Some of the modern translations get it right. But if you're reading like King James or something like that, uh, there's two different words and they're both are translated power. Now, usually when we think about power, we think about a force acting upon something. You know, whether it's electrical or, or dynamite or something like that. But in the scriptures, there's two words that, that sometimes are translated power. One is the word dunamis, where we do get dynamite from, and it means God's supernatural power. But then there's another word, and this is the word we want to look at today. It's called exousia, and it has to do with authority. Authority. In Matthew 28, turn over there. This is, this is a word that we find here in Matthew. We, we know it as the Great Commission. But with the Great Commission, God also gives us authority. Now, you know, uh, if, if, if you know anybody that's been in the military or maybe gone to the Naval Academy or, or, or to West Point or somewhere, and they graduate there, and they, they, they get out of those academies, and they come out with a commission. And that commission is, is a certain level of rank. And along with that commission comes a commensurate amount of authority. Because what good would it be to be a captain, but you had no authority? Boy, could you imagine trying to run your ship and, you, and, and nobody had to obey your orders? How would you get anything done? You wouldn't get anything done, would you? And so we have to understand when Jesus gives us a commission, the great commission, along with that commission, He has given us authority commensurate with it. So if He's called us to do something, then He's given us authority in His name to be able to do it. Doesn't matter about how you feel. Doesn't matter whether you're, you're 16 or 66 or 96 or 106. Doesn't have anything to do with authority. If you've been given a commission, and you've been given authority, authority works, has nothing to do with feeling. Amen? Matthew chapter 28, let's read there in verse, we're just going to read a couple of verses here, verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So who has all authority? In heaven and in earth. That's pretty much it, isn't it? Heaven and earth. You, you got it covered. And he said, all authority has been given to me. So how much does anybody else have of authority? How much authority does the devil have? All authority means all, doesn't it? But now notice he didn't stop there. That's pretty good right there. He said, therefore, he said, go and make disciples of all the nations. What did he tell us to do? Make disciples of all the nations. So he has delegated, he said, since I have all authority, he said, I'm giving you authority to do this, what? Go unto what? All the nations and make disciples. 
So you are commissioned and you are authorized to take his name and to go into all the nations and begin to make, what, disciples. And he goes on to talk about baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and I'm with you always to the end of the age. This word translated, uh, the word authority, exousia, it means a privilege. And you know, exercising authority is a privilege, isn't it? You know, we've seen people who abuse authority. You ever been having to, uh, maybe you work under somebody that had authority and they abused it. It's not pleasant, is it? It's, it can be, it can be a, a, a bad thing when it's abused, can it? So it's a privilege. So the first thing we understand as we, as we recognize the authority given us in the name of Jesus is that it's a privilege, church. We have the privilege to bear that name. We have the privilege to take up this commission and use the name of Jesus to fulfill it in our lifetime. Are you listening? It's a privilege. That's the first thing. Then secondly, it is a force. It is a force. You know, with every authority, there's always power behind it. Isn't that true? There's always power behind it. If you look at a policeman, we've talked about this before. A policeman puts up his hand, everybody stops. He doesn't touch one vehicle, does he? He doesn't get out there and put his shoulder to it. All he's got to do, he just holds up his hand. Why? Because he's wearing what? The symbols of authority, isn't he? Called a uniform, a badge. There's something that is a symbol of his authority. And also is a symbol of the power behind it. Because we know if we disobey the authority, then there's power behind him to cause us, what? To come into line. Isn't that right? If you decide you're going to run, drive your vehicle 90 miles an hour down I-95, well, guess what? You see those blue lights come on and that, you know, that symbol of authority comes on? And then they hand you that nice little ticket. You know, there's a power behind that. And if you don't pay that ticket, what do they do? They'll come see you. So there's a power behind it. So there's force, there's capacity, there's right. We're talking about authority in the name of Jesus. That authority. We have a right to use that name. We have a right to use that name. And listen, if we don't use that name, we can't go crying to God about certain things. You know, a lot of times we go to God and say, God, uh, you know, fix this, and God fix that, and God straighten out this, and God straighten out that. In a lot of those areas, God's going to tell you, if you're listening, He said, I've already given you authority in the name of my son Jesus, and you need to take that name and that authority and fix it yourself. Hello? A lot of things we're praying about. Come on. Amen? I don't have to pray about, you know, whether I should drive 90 miles an hour down I-95. That's not an issue for prayer, is it? Right up there on the sign it says, 70 miles an hour. Isn't that right? All I got to do is what? Is do what? Is follow the authority. And it's the same thing in spiritual things. See, we're praying about a lot of things. We're waiting for, for the waters to move or whatever it is that we're waiting for. And God says, you need to recognize I've already given you authority in the name of my son, Jesus. 
And as we go about living our lives to fulfill that great commission, which is what? To make disciples. He says, as you go about doing that, you're going to run in to the enemy called the devil. And he says, when you run into him, he says, you don't have to pray to me about the devil. He said, use the authority that you have. Our authority is delegated. Jesus says he's got all authority. Now, here's the thing. I don't have all authority. You don't have all authority. No one individual Christian has all authority because Jesus has all authority. If he's got it all, I can't have it all too. Isn't that right? I mean, if, if, if I said, uh, all, I've got, all the money I've got to my name is $10 and I'm keeping it, how much do you have? You don't have any because I've got it all. So Jesus has got it all, but he has delegated it to us individually and to the church. This is why he says, one can put a thousand, two can put, isn't that right? He said, if two of you come together in my name, in that authority, and come into agreement, he says, what? Anything you ask. And how are we asking it? In that name. What are we using? The authority that's been delegated to us. This is why when we come together corporately, there is a greater anointing, as we call it. There's a greater authority that's being exercised. Why? Because you've got a part, and 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 I've got a part. We get all our parts together. Isn't that right? You know, I don't know. Anybody ever tried to move a piano? Through the years? Man. Cindy's mom, I mean... We, should, we got the piano that Cindy's mom learned to play on. And I mean, man, that thing was built right. <laughs> I mean, it was probably built, you know, 80 years ago or so. And I mean, they didn't, they didn't skimp on anything. They weren't there, you know, there was no plastic in that thing. I mean, you felt like you was grabbing the side of the house when you picked up on that thing. I mean, you know, it was heavy. Woo! And you know, and by myself, they would just forget it. Yeah, wherever it was, it was going to stay if it was up to me. Because I, I couldn't move it. It, just, it, was just too, it was too much for my strength. But you know what? I call up four, five, six big old guys. And all of a sudden, when we all put our strength to it, we can move it. See, authority is that way. See, there are certain things God's called us to do that has to do with our own personal lives and our personal family. And we, we can use the authority He's given us in the name of Jesus, and we should use it. But then there's other things that He's called us to do as a family, as a church. And that is a bigger mountain to move. That's why we have to come together. Authority works in unity. Are you listening? When we are unified, there's a greater aspect of authority that's exercised. This is why Jesus said, you know, nothing shall be impossible to you. So if you've got something that's too big for you to move, guess what? He said, find somebody to come into agreement with you. And see, what God's called us to do as Passion Church is bigger than any one individual or his gift or his authority. If you're waiting for me to get this thing done, I mean, you know, stop holding your breath now. Go ahead and breathe. 
And, and we can't just wait. Now, you understand, God has his part. I have my part. But, you know, we can't just wait for God to do it. We, it takes us all coming together. It takes us all exercising our authority. Now, that's exercised in the name of Jesus. It, that authority can be exercised through prayer. We're going to look at all these things. That, that, that authority can be exercised when what? When we begin to serve and use our gifting. Amen. Do you know authority is being exercised even if you're just out there greeting people? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, something's flowing the whole time. Whenever I use my gift, whenever I begin to serve, whenever, I, whatever it is, whether it's preaching, teaching, praying, you know, preparing the coffee, ministering to the kids, it doesn't matter. There's an aspect of God's grace and authority that goes with that. This delegated authority means ability to act on His behalf. Ability to act on His behalf. In other words, you and I are authorized to do in His name whatever Jesus would do if He were personally present. You know, a few years ago, they used to have these bracelets on. Remember, it was WWJD, what would Jesus do? Remember that? And, you know, and that, that was a good thing because they were talking about, you know, doing the right thing in a difficult situation or whatever it might be. You know, it was uh, uh, mainly about a character thing, and that was good. But you know what? We could also say uh, when it comes to authority and using the name of Jesus, we could say it this way. What would Jesus do if he were present in this circumstance? How would he pray? How would he speak? How would he act? What would he do? You say, well, that's a good question. Well, the answer is right here. You got four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You look in there, you can exact, see exactly what Jesus did when he confronted people who needed forgiveness and mercy, what he did when he confronted demonic powers, how he responded when he, people needed healing. You can see exactly how he acted. And now he's saying, you are authorized to take my name and go do the same thing. So, when we think about this, what did Jesus do? Well, we know what? He preached, didn't he? So that means you're authorized to preach. You say, well, I'm not a preacher. Well, Jesus also taught. So you're authorized to teach. So if, you, if, you, if, if, you're, if you're not comfortable preaching, then teach. You say, how do I teach? You just share with people what Jesus has done in your life. There's power in that. There's power in testimony. Amen. Are you listening? Amen. And you're authorized to share your testimony. What are you testifying to? What Jesus has done in my life. Yeah. What is Je you know, you can't argue with the testimony. Boy, you can argue with theology all day long. I used to, you know, when we were talking about, you know, the end times, you know, about the Lord's coming back and all the things that were happening at end times. And, you know, you know they, got, they got the pre-trib, the mid-trib, and the post-trib. Those are all different theological and eschatological ways of looking at the end times. Somebody says, well, well which one do you, you think is right? Uh, Pastor Norris, I said, well, I've got a new one, really, this is my opinion, and it's the pan trip. That is, Jesus is coming back, and everything's going to pan out all right. 
So whether you're post or mid or pre, we can all agree what? On Pan, can't we? He is coming back. We don't know the day or the hour. He is coming back. And, he, and everything's going to pan out all right. But when we see what Jesus did, then we have been authorized to use his name and do the same thing that he would do if he were present. Isn't that true? Now, we see a little bit about how authority can work. Look in Matthew 8. You're there in Matthew. Just turn over to Matthew 8. I won't read all this for the sake of time. You, you probably are familiar with it. <clears throat> there was uh, a centurion that came to Jesus one day. And he came to Jesus and he said, he said, Lord, he said, my servant is at home paralyzed and, you know, and in terrible suffering. And Jesus said, all right, I'll come with you and I'll heal him. And the centurion said, Lord, he said, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. He said, but just speak the word only and my servant will be made whole. He said, for I am a man under authority. In other words, what did that mean? That he had received a certain degree of delegated authority as a centurion. Because he goes on to say, and I have men under me over whom I exercise authority. And I say to this one, go, and he does it. And this one, do, do this, and he does it. Not because of who I am as a, as a person, but because what? Of the position I hold and the authority that's been delegated to me. You know, have you ever felt like when you got ready to pray or, or there was a situation going on, you're praying for the sick, or there was a situation where the enemy was involved, the devil was involved, but you say, man, I just don't feel all that spiritual. Man, I just don't know if I've got enough faith. I don't know if I've got... Now, now think about it. Let's relate it again to the natural. What about a policeman that gets up and, you know, and he, he gets a call in from headquarters, I want you to set up a roadblock there. You know, on County Road 75, don't let anybody by. And man, that trooper says, you know, man, I don't feel too trooperish today. <laughs> Ugh, man, oh man, I, I didn't sleep much. I don't know, you know. I fussed at my wife before I left. I don't know if this, man, I, ain't, I can't sit up this roadblock. You know, now all he's got to do what? Is act on the authority, isn't it? If he acts on the authority, the roadblock will work. That doesn't have anything in the world to do with how, how he feels. Same way with authority with us, spiritually. Jesus has given us authority to use his name. And when we see and recognize the authority that's in that name, that has been delegated to me, then I can act in his name and on his behalf with the authority he's given to me and I'm going to act just like Jesus would if he were there. So if I do what Jesus would do if he was there, I already know it's going to work. If I share the gospel with somebody and they will believe it, I already know they're going to get saved. I ain't got to... Oh, I hope they get saved this time. I don't have to do any of that. I share, I exercise... The authority given me, I share my testimony. I share maybe a scripture or something. Somebody believes, they pray and believe on Jesus, invite him into his heart. It works. I mean, you can have a terrible migraine. Somebody still can get saved. 
Come on. I mean, you, may, you can be dressed to the nines or you can be wearing your jogging outfit. It still works. It don't just work on Sunday morning. <laughs> it works all the time. That's what authority is about, isn't it? Absolutely. So we see that how authority works here. He said, you just say something. Lord, all you got to do is say something. Because he says, I'm, I know a little bit about authority. And I know authority when I see it. And you got it. So you just say the word. Isn't that right? And many times in situations, you know what we need to be doing? We need to be just, just using the name of Jesus and say the word. Just say the word. One scripture over in Psalms, it says, He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from all their destruction. Praise God. You know, we have, I think we have untapped authority in the name of Jesus that we're not using nearly as much as we could or as we should. We take that name and we do it. And we know the outcome of this. Jesus... You know, I mean, Jesus, now, can you imagine when you can amaze Jesus? That's, that's a pretty big deal. But Jesus was amazed by this centurion. He even stopped and he said, hey, everybody, I'm paraphrasing, but you read this. what he said. He said, you see this man here? I mean, he wasn't even what we would call a believer. He wasn't, he wasn't a Jew. As far as we know, he wasn't a proselyte. Usually it says if somebody was a proselyte. He wasn't even a, didn't even say he was necessarily a God-fearer. But Jesus said, hey, you see this guy here? He said, I said in the day when we have that last big supper and Abraham and Isaac, all the people are sitting down. He said, man, he said, a lot of people are not, that think you're going to make it are not going to make it. But he said, I want you to know that I have not found the faith this centurion Roman has in all of Israel. Wow. wow. That's amazing, isn't it? Yes. Wouldn't it be a shame if in the church of Jesus Christ that were said, that I, I've not found that kind of faith in the church, but somebody outside will be quick to believe God. We wonder sometimes, why does somebody seem to get a miracle and others don't? Well, I, I don't know in every case, but a lot of times it's just for this very fact. They recognize who Jesus is, the authority he's been given, and they're quick to believe it. Sometimes in the church, we're like Israel was. I mean, you know, we got to see some kind of sign or wonder or something. God's got to razzle-dazzle us, and then we might believe. But I know that's none of you. So what did Jesus do real quickly? He preached and taught God's word, God's truth, didn't he? He healed the sick, he, and he broke demonic influences in people's lives. Now you think about it. Three simple things. He preached and he taught. In other words, what he shared God's truth, didn't he? What has God commissioned us to do? He said, go into all the world and what? Preach or share the gospel. See, sharing the gospel... We've relegated to something like this, where there's a guy up on a platform behind a stand like this, and, and, he's, and we say that's preaching. Well, that is. But you know what? Preaching the gospel is what? It's going about all during the week as you have opportunity. You don't have to preach them a five-point sermon. You share your testimony. You share about something God did for you. You know, people can't argue against a testimony. 
You can argue theology all day, but you can't argue against the testimony. I mean, once I was blind, now I can see. What are you going to say about that? I was a sinner. Now I got saved. I, you know, all my sins were forgiven. There's a peace that came into my heart. There was a presence that I never had before, the presence of God that came into my life, and it radically changed me. I mean, people can argue all day long. Well, I, you know, whatever. But, you know, hey, that's, that's what happened. That's a reality. So he says, you're authorized in his name. That means if we will do it, Jesus will back it up. How will he back it up? People will start getting saved. Absolutely. People will start getting saved. You know, people start getting saved out there, and then you invite them here. Then we can continue to what? Help them grow. But you know, you're authorized to do that. And you say, yeah, but I don't feel it. Don't have anything to do about your feelings. He said, if you will just do it, just share the gospel. Simple your testimony, something simple, nothing complex. Make it simple. Make it easy to be understood. The second thing Jesus did is he went about healing the sick. Anybody know any sick people? It's almost impossible today to get three people together and, and not every one of them know somebody that's sick. Might be a family member, might be a neighbor, might be a coworker, might be somebody. Well, what did Jesus do? What would Jesus do if he, if he came across a sick person? What do you suppose he would do? So what do you suppose you should do? Take his name. What? And what? Bring healing to him. I didn't say you were the healer, but we take that authority. What? And we pray for people. We can lay hands on people depending on the situation. But we can do that in his name. And since he's authorized you to do it, he will what? Back it up. You know why many times we don't see people healed who are sick? We don't pray for them. We don't exercise our authority. We don't use the name of Jesus. If you want to see a miracle, don't wait and come to church and say, I'm waiting to see if Pastor Norris is going to work a miracle. Get out there among the people. Start using the authority you've been given in the name of Jesus. Share your testimony. Share the simplicity of the gospel. You run across people who are sick. Begin to pray for them. You'll begin to see all kinds of miracles. You'll begin to see God do all kinds of things. You know, I can't wait till we start coming on Sunday morning. And, you know, and so many people have got so many testimonies to share about what Jesus is doing out in the marketplace, what Jesus did in my neighborhood, what Jesus did, you know, over here at the workplace or whatever. Man, we, you know, don't hardly have time to preach because we're rejoicing over all the things God did during the week. Amen. Now, that's church. And if you really you read over there in Corinthians, that, that was really, if, if you want to look at a pattern, that seemed to be the pattern. In the Corinthian church, he said, when you all come together, he said, you all have a testimony. Yeah. Well, how do you get a testimony? Something's got to happen, hasn't it? I mean, you know, the testimony wasn't, you know, hey, I got up and went to work this week. That's not a testimony. Unless you couldn't get up and go to work before, then it might be a testimony. <laughs> no, but a testimony had to do, what? There was something dramatic that happened. Somebody got saved. Somebody got healed. A, an impossible a circumstance was turned around. There was something there. He said, when you all come, he said, you all got a, you all got a testimony. Do you, don't answer this, but do you have a testimony? 
You can have one. Uh, do you have a fresh testimony? You can have one next week when we all come together. You can say, hey, pastor, I got a, I got a testimony. Man, I prayed for somebody at work, and they got healed. And now they want to know where you go to church, because I guarantee you, when God touches them through you, they're going to want to know, where do you go to church? Isn't that right? Absolutely. Thank you for your enthusiasm. (laughs) We're talking about the wonderful name of Jesus, and that the authority that's in that name And the fact that that authority has been delegated to you. It has been. It's not going to be. You don't have to ask Jesus for it. He said, you go in my name. So as soon as you go in his name, then what? That authority is going to begin to operate. And if God's power is needed, then God's power will be behind it. Why? Because you're not going in your name. You're not going in your authority. You're going in his name and in his authority. And so the third thing was, wherever Jesus came across demonic influences, what did he do? He delivered them, didn't he? He delivered them. He delivered them. You know, maybe you know somebody, you know, and you can, you you say, well, how do I know? I'm going to tell you what. You know what? If you're not sure, ask God. But I remember something uh, Dr. Vickers used to say years ago. He says, if it quacks like a duck, if it walks like a duck, it's probably a, so when you're looking at something, if it, if it looks like it's darkness, if it looks like it's antichrist, if it looks like it's binding people up and bringing them into fear and bondage, guess what? It's probably demonic influence, isn't it? And you can break that thing. And you don't have to jump over six pews to do it. Come on. I mean, does, if, if, if that state trooper was out in the middle of uh, I-95 doing this, would he have any more authority? He wouldn't. He, he wouldn't have a bit more, would he? I mean, he could just go out there nonchalantly like this and go. Why? Because he's not stopping the car. Authority is. So, yes, there's a sense in which, yes, we are delivering people, but it's not really me. Isn't that what Jesus said? He said, it's not I, speaking of himself, that's doing the work, but he said, it's the Father, what, in me. He said, I'm authorized by the Father to do what I'm doing. Why did he go about doing what he did? Because that's the commission he received. Now, we've received a commission, we've received authority, and we go about in his name, and we don't worry about how we feel. Or if we go through certain motions, it's all about what? The authority that's behind the name we're exercising. So you can very quietly break the power, demonic power over people's lives, over loved ones. Amen. Amen. Didn't Jesus say, whatever you bind on earth will be what? See, we want heaven to bind it first. We get it in reverse. He said, no. He said, first you bind it, then authority goes into motion. And the power behind that authority. And he said, then it will be what? Bound in heaven. First on the earth, then in the heaven. Then he said, whatever you loose will be 
Now, go back to our policeman again. Suppose he's, you know, the policeman's, he's on the, on the job and he's patrolling and he sees somebody committing a crime, but he just decides, eh, I don't feel like fooling with that. <laughs> I'm late for the coffee shop. Man, I, got, I, told, I told a friend of mine I was going to meet him there. We we're going to have some donuts. Man, I, man, it's going to be paperwork. I know it's going to be paperwork when I arrest this guy. It's just gonna... But you know what? Somebody's going to be a victim because he didn't do his job. How many victims are there because the church is not doing her job. I'm not trying to put a heavy-duty guilt thing on you, but you know, sometimes, we, we, you know, i got to tell you the truth of love. we got to think about this thing, don't we? But here's the thing. Exercising our authority in the name of Jesus. And you know, here's the thing. The Bible says, prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. So here's what I'm going to say. You know, one of my favorite movies this time of year is called Christmas Story. Anybody see that one? Some of us were raised in that era. Maybe that's why we like it. But I remember growing up, you know, one of the dares they have on there was the one we used growing up. I double dog dare you. <laughs> so this week, I double dog dare you to begin to use the authority of the name of Jesus. Whether you feel like it and when you don't. Rest of the time, you're on your own. But I double dog dare you to begin to use the authority that he's given you in his name. The Bible says that we are ambassadors. You know, Paul said that, 2 Corinthians 5. He said, we're ambassadors for Christ. What does an ambassador do? He represents the nation that sent him, doesn't he? And doesn't he also have authority to act on behalf of that nation? Well, we're ambassadors for Christ. So you're going to tell me that in the natural, a nation, the United States, would send an ambassador to Israel or to Norway or to wherever, but yet tell them, you know, now you just go over there and just, you know, just live in the house over there and, you know, but don't do anything. Don't make any decisions. Don't, Don't do a thing. Well, if you felt that way about your ambassador, you got the wrong ambassador. An ambassador is empowered, isn't he? And we're ambassadors for Christ, so we're empowered with that authority to go in his name and do what he would do if he was there. It's just that simple. I know it's, it sounds simple, but it's true. We know in Mark 16, the commission there, he said, go into all the world, preach the gospel. Then he went on, he said, lay hands on the sick. They'll recover. Isn't that what he said to do? When's the last time you laid hands on the sick? Don't answer that. But it's something to think about. Isn't that right? He said, he said, He said, in my name, he said, what, they'll cast out or what, break demonic influence and demonic power in people's lives. You know, again, I go back to my illustration, you know, a policeman, you know, he's a rookie and he's out and eventually in the process of time, you know, he gets past his rookie status and 
You know, he's been on the force two years, three years, five years, ten years, and, you know, and, uh, you know, the, those over him begin to read, you know, his record and everything. So, you know, I, I call him in and say, you know, I just noticed this. Uh, you've never arrested anybody. You've never written a speeding ticket. You've never been involved in an investigation of crime. I mean, we don't, we don't see anything here. I mean, as far as we can tell, you're just getting in your cruiser and riding. Hello? Uh, you know, I think a lot of Christians, you know, they've just gotten to their heavenly cruiser. And they're waiting for the Lord to come. But, you know, he didn't call us just to cruise around in the cruiser. You know, when, when we come across things, we're to act in his name. <laughs> Thank you for your enthusiasm. All right, we've got to close. Let me give you some action points real quickly here. Then we're going to pray. <clears throat> First of all, what do you believe about the authority that's given to you? This is a question for you to answer. What do you believe about the authority I've been talking about? Because, see, it won't work without faith. Nothing in the kingdom works outside of faith. And really, if we're not acting on that authority, it shows that either we don't know that we have authority or we don't believe that it will work for me. After all, I'm only five foot two. They're not going to stop when I put up my hand out there. Doesn't matter whether the, the state trooper six four or four nine. Doesn't matter, does it? If he has to get out there and stand on a stepladder so they can see him, he puts his hand up, man, that's it. Why? He's got the authority. So what do you think? What do I believe about the authority given to me? Where could you begin to use that authority Jesus has given to you? Where could you begin to use it? Listen, don't, 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 you know, don't try something big first. I'm going to deliver the city of Montgomery. No, you're not. You know, I know uh, Dr. Vickers is a pilot. Now, when you were getting your pilot lessons, you started out on a 767, right, Dr. Vickers? No? <laughs> a little old plane that you could get out and, and move the tail of that thing by yourself, couldn't you? A little old bitty thing. You don't, you don't stop. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I don't know why we have, you know, we're intelligent when it comes to natural things, but sometimes we get into spiritual things. And I want to qualify this because, you know, I talk about the power of authority and, and what it, that authority can do and all. But listen, you know, especially if you've never exercised it before, start out with the cub plane. Don't start out with the 767 jumbo. Oh, I'm just going to go up there to that ward and I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to get everybody free. No, listen, it might be that you need to just go across the street to your neighbor and start exercising authority by sharing your testimony with them. But where could you begin? Some place you could begin. Maybe, maybe a family member. Maybe a co-worker. Maybe somebody that you know of. Somebody that you could go. Maybe it would be just starting out sharing your testimony with them. You know, this is what, you know, this is what God did for me. You know, we, uh, you know, we've been working together here for a while, you know, and... And, you know, we're getting to know each other a little bit. I just wanted to share with you a little bit if I could. You know, this is what God did for me. 
You know, God delivered me from, you know, whatever, from drugs or, you know, uh, you know I, I'd been diagnosed with a certain sickness and God set me free from that or whatever it might be. You can just, that's all you got to do. And you just go on your way and let that percolate a little bit. You know? You know, don't try to feed them the whole steak. You know, when we brought Jessica home, our, our firstborn, our oldest, we brought Jessica home. We didn't, you know, we, and she finally got big enough to get in that high chair. We didn't, I didn't slap a steak down there. There it is. Eat it, kid. I mean, you know, she like one tooth coming through here and one coming up there, you know. So don't go out and strip a gear, but think about where could you begin to use and exercise the authority, doing what Jesus would do if he were present. And just begin to do it. Oh, but what if and what if? Forget the what ifs. It's nothing to do with what if. It's got to do with what? Doing what Jesus has given you. Using what he's given you. His authority. And then lastly, authority is always used to help and to serve. Never to control. You want to see authority flow from you? Then just begin to serve people because the master key of the kingdom of God is love isn't it faith works by love all the gifts of the spirit work by love isn't that true grace I mean you can't get away why because God is love so authority is always used to serve and to help never to control control is about ego isn't it I want to be seen or I want people to know I'm spiritual or I just want to, you know, exercise control over somebody. You know, all that's out. That's all out. That's, that's human ego. But begin to use this authority. And I want to encourage you this week, think about what we're talking about. All this month we're going to be talking about the wonderful name of Jesus. But I wanted to start it off with this. And we're going to, we're going to look into it uh, uh, the authority in that name, the power in that name, the healing that's in that name. We're going to look at a lot of these in more detail. So if you know people, you know, invite them. Bring them here to hear about the wonderful name of Jesus. Because you know what? The Bible says that's the name that has been given to mankind. Not just to the church. Now, we are authorized to use that name, but that name has been given because Paul, the, over in Acts it says, there's no other name given among men whereby we might be saved. So this wonderful name of Jesus, you know, it's for everybody on this campus. It's for everybody in the river region. It's for, it's for the, the, the down and outer, the up and outer, and everybody in between. That name has been given for them. That, that might, they might be saved. They might be set free. They might have peace. They might be healed. It's given to them. Would you bow your heads just for a moment? Father, I thank you for the mighty, wonderful name of Jesus. What a wonderful and glorious name it is. Father, as we thought about it today and looked at it just a little bit, just kind of touched the surface of the magnitude of that name and the authority in it. Father, I pray that it will, it will grip our hearts in a deeper way with a greater understanding and a greater impetus by the Holy Spirit 
stirring our hearts to go forth and to use that name and the authority that's been given to us to make known the kingdom of God in Montgomery, Alabama and all the surrounding region. Oh God, I thank you that we've not been given a spirit of fear, not a fear of man, not a fear of sickness, not a fear of devils, but God, you've given us a spirit of power, authority. Thank you, Father. Thank you for that equipping by the name and the authority of that name. If you're here this morning, if you've never called on that name, the Bible says everyone who will believe on and call on the name of Jesus can know the forgiveness of sins and being brought back into a right fellowship and relationship with God. If you're here this morning and you've never believed on that name, the name of Jesus, I want to pray for you just right where you are. I'm not going to ask you to say anything or do anything or move from your seat. I just want to pray for you. But I'm going to ask you if you would, just perchance there's someone here, you would raise your hand, just put it up where I can see it. I'll know I'm praying for you. I'm not going to ask you to say anything or do anything. I'm going to take just a moment to look. Thank you, Father. Amen. I don't see any hands, so I'm believing that everybody here knows the Lord. Next week, I want you to bring some people in so we can see some hands. Are you listening? Amen. Use your God-given authority and go out and begin to just love on people, minister to people. Don't worry about how you feel, whether you feel spiritual. or remember, remember, when you start feeling that way, remember my example of the policeman. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how he feels. The authority works the same. You're authorized. You have all the spiritual badges of authority because you belong to God. Let me make a couple of announcements real quickly, then we're going to dismiss you and let you go. Of course, the women's meeting tonight from 5 to 7, we talked about that. The children's choir is going to be uh, presenting a Christmas concert Sunday evening, December 17th at 6 o'clock. Uh, so I want to encourage you, invite people to come to that. You know, the Christmas season is a wonderful season uh, to reach out to people. People hearts are open this time of year. They just are. They're, they're more open to the gospel. They're more open to hear about Jesus. They're more open to that. So, you know, take advantage of that. Reach out to people. Invite them uh, to the special things that, that we're offering, the children's concert and everything. And also, too, uh, on the 24th, we're going to be having a, a special New Year, or not New Year's, but Christmas Eve service where we're going to have family communion. We're going to be doing some special things there. But invite people. Uh, to come in, you know, uh, just reach out to them with the love of God. Just say, you know, come to church with me. And, you know, sometimes it might be good if you say, you know what, I'll meet you at church at such and such a time. I'll be right outside. I'll, meet, I'll be looking for you. I'll meet you there. You know, we'll have a cup of coffee before the service starts. We can have a cup of coffee together. You know, I, uh, I really want you to come. I believe, you know, you'll really get something out of it. If you come to, our, to my church, just make it something simple. Make it real. Make it genuine. Amen. 
Stand up on your feet. Hallelujah. Well, I just want to declare and remind you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you are authorized this week to go out and to take that name and take it into every situation and every life that needs the gospel, the healing power, the delivering power of Jesus. Father, I thank you as your people go, Lord, that they go with the knowledge, Father, that they have been authorized. And all this week, Father, may we have a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. May we be uh, aware of others. May we not be so wrapped up in our own life, and our own circumstance, Lord, that, that we can't see the hurting people around us. But may we take that name and do what Jesus would do if He were present. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great, great week in God. Use that name, church.
Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.